0: It's time to get in the zone, the Fantasy Football Zone. Hey,
1: guys, where else would you rather be?
0: Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. What
1: a piece of that championship? Put it in here.
0: This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back into the Fantasy Football Zone. And once again, Corey Smith joining us at RotoWire wire and breaking everything down after, uh, well, it was something uh, week four. We didn't know if one marquee game was going to be on, then it was on. And then, of course, uh, the Pittsburgh Buffalo game was delayed. So, was just everything going on. And that's kind of what we thought going into the season uh, that uh, you got to watch out and make plans because and make sure you got depth on your bench because you never know what's going to happen this year.
1: The year of flexibility. And we know this could have collateral damage. We've seen it, of course, in the MLB with the Marlins early in the season and a couple of peaks throughout the year. I mean, we may. Have a complicated situations with the uh, Broncos Patriots this week. We haven't heard much about the Chiefs end from playing the Patriots, who had a player test positive for COVID nineteen. They're playing the Raiders this week. We don't know about that situation, Paul. That would be a huge, <laughs> huge collateral damage. If the, if the Chiefs are out this week, as we discussed a little pre-show, I mean that would be yeah. potentially disastrous. If you're like in an zero and four or one and three spot, and you're relying on Chiefs and need to win this week. I mean, man, it's a, it's a crazy year. So if your league is anything built in where you can pivot or somehow make an adjustment and agreed-upon rule within the league, otherwise, I mean, you're just going off the wire, Paul, and doing the best you can this year.
0: And just looking at I was just thinking this in my head, you know, if you have Mahomes out and then, you know, the guy that's like in the top three conversation right now, Josh Allen, quarterback of the Bills, out mm-hmm. in that game, man, that's a lot of points off the board.
1: Definitely, and, of course, Diggs. Number four receiver going into last week. Singletary's looking really good for the Bills, too. Man, I had uh, Derrick Henry in a team. I was 0-3 coming into last week on the bench. Thankfully, squeaked out. A low-scoring win, but no thanks to the Titans. I mean, him being out of lineup is huge, and it could be another week. I mean, the Titans had two straight days with no positive tests, and just yesterday, I believe, about to come back to the facility, had to shut it down again. So, this game may be the one most in jeopardy, we'll see, but Bills Titans very much up in the air right now.
0: So, right now, we're going to review everything that uh, happened in the wild week four. We'll start off, why not in Dallas? Because uh, they're putting up the points, and that Cowboys defense doesn't know how to stop anyone. In the Browns, it looks like they've got a new strategy, and well, with a Nick Chubb injury, big changes coming in there. So, why don't we start with that one, Corey?
1: Well, I think number one, when I think of this game, it's the Odell breakout day. Came into this week, we've talked a little bit about the frustrations of having OBJ as your number one receiver, or even a big-time number two receiver on your fantasy team. He was wide receiver 41 coming into this week, coming into this matchup against the Cowboys. Of course, Mike Nolan's defense has been one of the biggest stories in the early seasons, how much they've struggled just getting absolutely lit up week after week. Five catches for Odell, 81 yards, and the two touchdowns, one coming from Jarvis Landry, and also the 50-yard touchdown run that pretty much put this game away late. So that was really encouraging, Paul, to see OBJ finally show some life. Now he's had one pretty big game this year in prime time, and now another big game, number one receiver in fantasy this week. But it's a potential sell-high situation because he has been hit or miss, since he's joined the grounds, frankly, he's only had a few blow-up games like this. Now, I do recognize the talent, and he could, he could win your New Year League, but he has some hit or miss, and coming up next, the Colts have been one of the toughest wide receiver defenses, and one of the trickier teams in the league actually looking like maybe a playoff team. Just 507 receiving yards allowed to opposing wideouts, which is top three in the league. So what do you think, Paul? I mean, could, could dish him? I have him on a 16-team league where I consider this, but where are we at with OBJ right now? I mean, this this is kind of a run-first offense is one of my main concerns, and they've just like been kind of hitchy hit or miss in getting him the ball consistently.
0: The one thing I really liked, and with Kevin Stefanski uh, coming over in the offense in that play, that reverse play that happened late in the game, they wanted to make sure they had the ball in the hands of OBJ. I and I, you know, I didn't see that last year with Freddie Kitchens at all. Any design plays like that to try to get him the ball in crunch time and things like that. So, when I see something like that, I see a play like that, and then you know everything else going on with the offense. There is a concerted effort this year to get him involved. So I do like that, and I and I think now maybe things are turning around for him. The problem I have is. His quarterback. Uh, I think they're changing philosophy with him, especially now with the way they look to be. Yeah, they are a run-first team now, and I don't know if Baker Mayfield is going to get him the ball the time, passing-wise.
1: Yeah, I mean, 165 passing yards for Mayfield against the Cowboys. One of those, as we mentioned, came from Jarvis Landry, which is a long touchdown pass, like 37 yards, I believe. <laughs> but... Only one game over 190 passing yards for Baker this year in four appearances. No rushing upside for fantasy. You know, no more than six rushing yards in any game, as you'd expect. Um, But as an NFL quarterback, it seems like he's kind of a glorified game manager at the moment. You know who maybe best for their playoff (laughs) chances? I mean, they're they're three and one. I don't think they've been two games above 500 in the 2000s, maybe.
0: You know who he reminds me of, and I don't know where you're going to fall on this. He reminds me of a version of Colt McCoy. He he just kind of does. He's athletic. He's got a good arm, but I don't know what's going on in the NFL. It's just not transitioning
1: over. We'll see. I mean, Colt McCoy, I think, was a second-round pick and definitely wasn't, like, thrust into the starting position week after week. I mean, if he was, like, a fourth-round pick and he played – the way he did under kitchens a lot last year yeah. for stretches he'd be on the bench yes you no know, um just look at Dwayne Haskins he just went from first to third string very <laughs> yeah. quickly it happens yeah. really quickly for high round picks it, if Mayfield was a second third fourth round quarterback I think the, the leash would have been a little bit shorter agreed there but yeah I fantasy no interest in Baker mm-hmm. I, I think this is like a wild card team I think this is like a team that wins nine games and loses in the wild card round. That's kind of where I see them being, but could prove me wrong. Maybe a little bit more upside as an NFL team.
0: And on the other side with the Cowboys, I mean fantasy-wise, we're loving it. They are putting up numbers. I know, uh overall one and three ain't going to get it done, but uh hey, fantasy-wise, can't complain, especially with Dak as, as your quarterback. If you <laughs> took him, congratulations.
1: I don't know what the Cowboys are going to do because they obviously didn't get a mink to a long-term deal before the season playing on yeah. the franchise tag this year. So that's going to be tricky for one and certainly ups the price tag there. 974 passing yards the last two weeks for Dak. <laughs> that's, ah, that's an that's NFL sad. record. And currently, he's on pace to throw for over 6,700 yards. Obviously, he won't maintain <laughs> that pace, but on well, pace for over 6,700 yards, the record. Peyton Manning finished just under 5,500, so... Just an insane clip. He's not going to throw for 500 yards back to back games or close to it very often, if ever again. But he's an incredible player, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'd trust giving him the big money. I mean, he can put up numbers, but their defense is just so so bad that he has to throw constantly, and they have not been able to use Zeke the way they probably wanted to. Yeah. To this point, I mean, he's a career low, tied his career low, just 12 carries for Zeke, so. I mean, I think they want to utilize him a lot more than they have. But yeah, Dak's lighting it up, and he's he is in line for a huge, huge payday. Despite Mike McCarthy not looking so great in the uh, Aaron Rodgers divorce right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, so those wideouts on Dallas' side, we were wondering, is it going to be Gallup or C.D. Lamb? You want, and right now it looks like, even though McCarthy is praising mm-hmm. Gallup, it looks like C.D. Lamb's the guy you want.
1: It seems like it. I mean. Not a huge Week 1 NFL debut for CD, but five five more catches in every game, including Week 1. 65 or more receiving yards each of the past three weeks. And then career touchdowns, 1 and 2, against the Browns. Just a huge game. You know, Amari Cooper, of course, makes a crazy play. Uh, Dak throws it basically through a non-existent window. That was an insane touchdown to Cooper. Mm-hmm. Keeps rolling, you know, somewhat hit or miss. But, yeah, Gallup has been pretty much MIA this season. In the game, the Cowboys completed 41 passes against the Browns, put up 502 yards in the air. He had just two catches for 29 yards. If he, didn't, if he didn't do it in this game, I'm starting to get a little worried. I'm leaning on him. I have him as a pretty important piece to a 14-team league where, of course, you know, it's a deeper league, it's tougher to make something happen on the wire. I'm really leaning on Gow to get it going. Mm-hmm. And it's starting to look like maybe, maybe barring an injury, i mean if there is an injury to cooper or lamb suddenly he's a top 15 receiver top 20 receiver but right now it seems like he's kind of the the odd man out except for that one big game against seattle
0: and closing out this game of course the big injury in the cleveland backfield nick chubb is he's going to be out for some time here and that means kareem hunt is in so if you did handcuff chubb with hunt you're set if not you're gonna be hurting
1: if you have Hunt, I'd be extremely excited. This is exactly the situation. When they brought him in, of course, he began his career with the suspension, but thinking as a Browns fan or a member of the coaching staff, player on the team, we're going to get this guy in here who basically set all kinds of crazy records as a rookie, You know, top 10 talent at the position. If he gets the opportunity, Kareem Hunt is going to be insane in fantasy, just as he was with the Chiefs. So he's probably vaulted to a top 10, definitely top 15 back, probably top 10. He's looking insanely good. And Dearness Johnson, who came in, uh, Marlon Mack's backup at South Florida, he had a pretty good game. He looked pretty explosive on a few runs, uh, 95 yards on 13 carries. So, I mean, Dearness Johnson off the wire, uh, waiver wire edition, he could be pretty interesting here with Chubb having landed on the IR. So he'll be Mm at at least three weeks.
0: Next one, Bills and Raiders, was a fun one, and well it's kinda of scary at a moment. Josh Allen took a pretty scary hit, but uh, he looked to be all right.
1: Yeah, I mean went to the locker room, and I was just disappointed for really the game of football because of the way he's looked this season. He's looked like a surely an MVP candidate. Yeah. And critical to the Bills. I mean, Super Bowl aspirations, if you want to say that, but to make a decent deep Postseason run, they need him on the field. He comes back pretty quickly, and just another huge game for him. Uh, the craziest stat for me: he didn't have a single passing outing his first two years in the league, where he went over 266 passing yards. He hasn't had a game under 285 yet this season. He's had, you know, four career games. The last four weeks, pretty much, has Josh Allen keeps running like a maniac. I mean, he is just tremendous. After leading the league in rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks last year, another one on the ground against the Raiders, and uh, man, he's he's just killing it, Paul. He's been probably certainly one of the stories of the season and one of the surprises of the fantasy season. I mean, he's on a high level. Like if you were optimistic on him, you probably had him as like the sixth best quarterback going into the season. Yes, and he may finish. He may finish second to Russell Wilson, Rogers, or he may, he may finish first this year.
0: Yeah, And what helps him out is Stefan Diggs, and remember when Diggs, no one was picking him high at all in the draft. He was falling, so if he fell into your lap, that's a good job because uh, he's putting up numbers and uh, making big plays for you right now.
1: Man, he was really <laughs> undervalued this year. Yes. Uh, he's a top top 10 player at the position, maybe, but Close to it, if not, it seemed like he was being drafted, like, late 20s. It was just his value was so reduced going to what was perceived to be an an inaccurate passer And Josh Allen. Never been above 58% completion in his career before this year. So he comes into week four as the number four PPR receiver, did digs. Another big game this week. Six catches, 115 yards. He's on pace for over 1,600 yards so far. Just all pro production. (laughs) So, man, again, one of the steals. Maybe even a bigger one proportionately for his position, but Diggs has been out of this world. Beasley and John Brown have been nice contributors here and there. Beasley made a ridiculous catch where he went up and pretty much did a helicopter and just got over the pylon for the touchdown. John Brown had a similar situation where he just missed the touchdown Got hit right at the goal line and held on, but it was ruled just short. So, Beasley with three catches for 32 yards in the touchdown. Brown four for 42, so kind of moderate contributors, but really, story's been digs this season, of course.
0: And that Bills backfield—it was a question mark, especially during the draft, and we're starting to see a little clarity right now because of an injury. But Devin Singletary, another decent outing.
1: Yeah, he keeps he keeps producing here. With Zach Moss out with the toe injury? This is one of those backfields, I mean, hoping that Zach Moss comes back as soon as possible to contribute, really exciting young player out of Utah. If he doesn't, this is one of those backfields where Singletary could be a kind of, kind of a league winner because they haven't been leaning on the run as much this year given how much better they are at throwing. But still, it's, it's been an offense that scores a lot, and that's why you like Singletary, 197 scrimmage yards, besides the point, like he's producing individually in addition to it being a good offense, nine catches the last two weeks, and a rushing touchdown. So he's looking he's looking like an RB2 for sure, like a mid-range RB2 right now. If he has this backfield to himself, it's, it's looking pretty good for Singletary. We'll see when Moss comes back. I think he's been kind of week to week so far.
0: And on the Las Vegas side, uh, quarterback Derek Carr, I mean, it's – it's just a roller coaster ride with him, up and down, up and down, little bits here. I mean, not too terrible, but you can't expect a whole lot. And he's got one big issue right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, he can't hold on to the ball. <laughs> huge, huge fumble late in this one, and an NFL high four lost fumbles through the first four games. I mean, I really felt like that Monday night win over the Saints was huge. I felt yeah. like that may be a turning point. Heard so much about him being the better quarterback in that game, Drew Brees looking old, Derek Carr looking like he's ascending, but, you know, still, as an NFL quarterback, completion rate off the chart, 72.7% rate so far, uh, being his worst game in a season, in a, thus far in a game this season, and he hasn't been below 239 passing yards either, but, you know, he's averaging two touchdowns passing per game, doesn't have a lot of rushing upside, of course, so... He's barely a top 20 fantasy quarterback or like right on the edge of top 20. But, man, like you said, roller coaster ride. I, is he ever going to consistently be that elite guy who can get, get them to like an AFC championship game? I mean, that would be a, a huge hurdle for the Raiders. They haven't been that deep in the postseason since Gruden was there for the first time. So, yeah. <laughs> man that's the question can he can he piece it together week after week against good teams and the Saints game was huge for him but seemingly a step back here with the loss to another really good team in the bills
0: and Josh Jacobs I don't know if he's a you know question mark for you after this game because if you knew he was going in a tough matchup against that Bill's defense and yeah he didn't put up the big numbers but uh I wouldn't jump off the Josh Jacobs train anytime soon I mean I think you're going to be fine with him after this
1: yeah, very tough matchup. Adds five and a half points as a pass catcher, three catches for 25 if you're playing PPR. But just over three yards per carry, just 48 yards on 15 rush attempts. He was really good. We just went through three, of course, and the workload is still there. He's averaging 15 plus carries. He's had 15 plus carries in every game, at least three catches in every game so far this season. And he he's still averaging... Prior to week four, 84 rushing yards per game. So just a high floor. Had that huge you know, three-touchdown blow-up game against the Panthers week one. You know they're going to use them down the red zone if they're not throwing it up to Waller or someone else. But he's going to be the number one back down the red zone. Workload is still great. So no problem rolling them out there if they play against the Chiefs here. Yeah. They're a bottom 10 defense in terms of yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs. And they just got lit up. I mean that game against the Patriots was sneaky competitive, a late pick kind of put that one away when it deflected off Edelman's hands for a pick six. But that was a very competitive game throughout new England's deep held up. And on the other side, I mean the running backs really succeeded for new England running on the chiefs, Damien Harris, uh, Burkhead and James white 166 yards combined on the ground against the chiefs. So Jacobs against the chiefs here, if they play in week five top 10 back for sure, probably a little bit higher.
0: Next, we're going to talk about Giants and Rams. and You know, we were excited about Danny Dimes coming this season. We thought, yeah, Daniel Jones is going to be a great pick, and he should put up some numbers because they're going to be on the field a lot because their defense isn't going to stop anybody. But he's struggling, and this was a big struggle for him this week.
1: He's been terrible. I mean, kind of an encouraging week one against the Steelers. They were in that thing pretty late. Uh, but, you know, again, it's just kind of, head-scratching turnovers, and that Steelers game had a huge pick in the end zone. He, too, I talk to my dad as a Giants fan all the time, and I'm trying to talk him up. I'm like, look, you love his composure. Daniel Jones, he's calm. He, he's a good player. My dad's like, he's calm, but he fumbles a lot. He, he's <laughs> calmly fumbling the ball. I'm like, alright, well, he's not that good, then, I guess. And this, as a whole, his offense has been terrible. 47 points the first four weeks, just 18 points as a team the last two weeks, and uh, Fantasy-wise, since that Pittsburgh game, he's been under... He's been to pretty much 10.5 points or fewer every game. He's been held to single digits weeks two and three. So it's been a nightmarish start so far for Danny Dimes. And uh, continued against the Rams, though it was a grinded-out game where they could have won late, and he throws a pick on the final drive.
0: I mean, that game... I. I can't say much about the Rams either in that one because it was just a grind. Like you said, it was a grinder game, and I know Cooper Cup had the big, exciting touchdown in it, but other than that, it was like, oh, man. Someone going to break out in this one or not?
1: Yeah, I mean, 1911, so I should say, would have had a chance to tie it had they gone down and hit the two-point conversion, but still, you don't like to see that from Jones, but kind of a sloppy game. The Rams get it done, get to 3-1, and but, I mean, on the ground for the Giants... I was considering Devonta Freeman and Mike Davis a couple weeks back, and I was really torn, maybe even leaning to Freeman. That would have been a horrible pickup. I mean, Mike Davis, in comparison to Freeman and this whole Giants backfield, the Giants' offensive line is worse than the NFL. They get stuffed, meaning they get hit at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. 28% of their run plays worse than the NFL. Freeman 11 carries for 33 yards against the Rams. Uh, bailed out a little bit with his pass catching, but he's not looked great, Ball he's looked, he's looked a little old so far, to be frank. In his debut, <laughs> yeah. just five rushes for 10 yards. So, yeah, not much doing without Barkley, fantasy-wise, for this Giants backfield.
0: And yeah. Evan Ingram, is he ever going to turn into anything? I mean, we've been waiting for him. There's been flashes of his rookie year, and then, you know, here and there he'll have a game, but then nothing consistent, and I think, I'm afraid, that's what we're going to get from him, right? from now here on out so,
1: he's been killing us I mean he was the top he was in the Gronk Tyler Higbee yeah I mean maybe Gronk was a little drafted, but he was a, a tier or two tier or so below Darren Waller even yeah. obviously we knew Waller was a lot better but yeah. not too far off like kind of in that mix and he's so far the 22nd ranked tight end in fantasy 7.5 points per game no touchdowns so far as you'd expect I mean Daniel Jones has just two passing touchdowns so far in the year to five interceptions. He does, Ingram does have two games with six catches, but overall the yardage hasn't really been there. It, his best game is 12.5 TPR points. If you're leaning on him, I mean, you can look at the wire. If you're in like a 10-team league, if there's anybody still out there, Gisicki, maybe Austin Hooper or somebody like that, Gianna Smith even in a couple leagues, but... If you're in a deep league and you're you have Evan Ingram, there's not really much you can do if he's your only tight end right now. Yeah, I don't, you can't really trade him right now.
0: No, you're just stuck with him. That's <laughs> you're stuck. You're stuck. At some cost. Yes. Uh, Broncos. Jets. Well, one win for the Jets this week. Well, I guess for Adam Gase, he's not the first coach fired. We thought my money was on him, but no. Thanks to Bill O'Brien, Houston, who we also thought was going to be canned at some point, but uh, Adam Gase, congratulations, still employed somehow by the Jets, and well, they've got a quarterback situation now, and I don't expect anything to get better for them.
1: I don't either. I mean, it seems like a foregone conclusion. I'd heard some rumblings, maybe, if they lose this game to the Broncos, a bad football team, no offense to my favorite team, on the road with their third-string quarterback. If they can't, if the Jets can't win this game, why are we keeping Gates around for 12 more games? Uh, maybe, gave, maybe give Greg Williams a, another chance. Uh, that, could, that can't go wrong, can it? Yeah. But, you know, Sam Donald, he struggled. I mean, I think uh, not quite, but he's starting to turn into uh, something I've called so far, Trubisky territory. Yes. He's starting to have that thing where it's like, is, this, is he the guy now? I mean, a couple key sacks. He took a really key one on the fourth down at the end that pretty much iced the game. I mean, surely they're banged up on the offensive line, but still outside of that 46-yard touchdown run last Thursday night, which was crazy. I don't know. A horrific tackling by the Broncos, but a great play by Darnold. Uh, But no touchdown passes in this game. So not really getting it done. Three to four touchdown interception rate on the year. And, of course, we got Trevor Lawrence coming out in that Andrew Luck-type college prospect tier, once every five, ten years kind of quarterback prospect. If the Jets... Finished with the first overall pick, Joe Douglas, the guy who didn't draft Sam Darnold. That was Mike Tannenbaum. <laughs> uh, I think Darnold is on the hot seat for sure. And he's got a right shoulder AC joint sprain right now. So may not may not play this week. We will see if it's him or Joe Flacco. Yeah, I saw some uh, reports. Flacco. Yeah,
0: saw some reports that it could be Joe Flacco starting for the Jets. And I'm like, um, that's not any better there.
1: Fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah, fantastic, fantastic for you. And speaking of that, I mean, this ripping kid, where did he come from <laughs> for the Broncos?
1: He came out of nowhere, man. I mean, yeah. he had a decent decent run against the Bucks week one where he came in and completed his first eight passes before throwing a pick at the goal line. Uh, and this week he was okay. I mean, he threw a couple just crazy picks at, you know, Kind of made you scratch your head. Mm-hmm. We've never seen we've never seen a quarterback really come out of Boise State and be consistently good in the NFL. Yeah, and not a ton of Mountain West quarterbacks for that matter. A couple for sure. Um, but man, I mean, it's hit or miss, Paul. I, I was torn. Honestly, I hate to say it as a Broncos fan, I felt a little bit dirty about this, but I, I didn't <laughs> want them to win that bad. I thought if we could get Trevor Lawrence, this is not a Super Bowl team. We don't <laughs> have Von Miller. I don't know, Paul. I mean, this kid ripping. He he's a decent backup, but I don't see I don't see the Broncos winning a lot of games. And this the Jets definitely could have won this game had their defense not committed five personal yes. fouls. I mean, the Broncos yes. were begging the Jets to, to win this game, and they just couldn't do it.
0: Melvin Gordon, though, it's it looks like you know that was a pretty decent signing. Now, when at first, we didn't understand it, but you know he's producing.
1: He is. I think he was underrated too. Not to the degree of Diggs, someone like that, but definitely, I think, slightly underdrafted was Melvin Gordon. Uh, 23 carries for a, buck, for a buck seven, two touchdowns, and that one at the end was just embarrassing. I mean, packed in the box with the Jets, and he bounces out for the long touchdown. That kind of set it all on the first play of the drive, of course, mm-hmm. classic. Uh, I picked him to, to do well against the Bucks, which was a terrible decision in week three. I thought, hey, he did well against the Steelers week two. He can do it again against the Bucks. Bad outing, but other than that, 70-plus yards rushing, a touchdown and at least two catches for Gordon in his other three games this season. So he's, he's been really good, has Gordon, and I think Lindsey coming back maybe impacts him a little bit, but I still think he's definitely uh, number two running back in fantasy. And the rookie
0: wideout Jerry Judy looked pretty good as well. So it looks like is he now the number one with Sutton out, of course, for the year.
1: I think so. Now Tim Patrick had a had a pretty big week himself. Team high 113 yards and on a touchdown. But you know Judy is the the first round pick, the uber talented guy of Alabama who they just took you know 15th overall. So I think they're going to want to pump him the ball if they can. But, I mean, it's going to be weird in fantasy. It's just like who's going to be the quarterback week to week? S- Rippon seemed to be more deferring to Patrick, seven targets for him. Uh, Judy just four in week four, uh, just two catches for Judy. But the huge catch uh, goes over Pierre to Seer, an in insane play where he kind of Johnson in the end zone after that. But otherwise, a pretty quiet night for Judy. Uh, five catches this first couple games so kind of a high PPR floor but this Broncos offense is I, I do not love it uh, Fant before the injury was looking really good but I, I really only like Melvin Gordon right now in a 10 team league besides from Fant I mean these receivers are you can throw them in there a couple, couple times this year but I'm not in love for sure
0: and up next, we're going to wrap up Texans-Vikings, the game that cost Bill O'Brien his job. I can't say though it was this game. I mean, <laughs> it's been uh, the trades he's made the last two years and basically what has shown up on the field for that. And all the reports after this game, I, I guess I was surprised. We knew he was a fiery coach and all that, but just how big of a, I guess, downer he had this locker room as, and I, I was surprised, but I think I was watching the CBS, the, the Monday night uh, the Chiefs and Patriots game, and Bill Cower, who usually is glowing about everyone, was really kind of ripping on Bill O'Brien. He's like, well, if he gets another chance here in the league, he's got to learn leadership, he's got to listen to guys, and he's got to loosen up a little bit with that fiery personality, and I'm like, it was that bad in Houston?
1: Yeah, I mean, i Remember that same clip? It blew up with J.J. Watt apparently at a recent practice, I mean, yeah. a couple weeks back. Uh, one source telling ESPN Zion Rossini that that's really where O'Brien lost the team for good. I mean, it is definitely the last straw on the camel's back. With The offseason moves was the key thing. I mean, he is a good football coach. I mean, he's a good offensive coach. He turned around Penn State. I mean, that was a, that was yes. a death trap. That yes. was one of the toughest jobs, of course, uh, with the tragedy that was up there mm-hmm. to take in the country, that he turned that team around and got them back into a Big Ten contender. And then, you know, he's gotten the Texas to the playoffs uh, a bunch of years, has never been able to close the deal. I think the only playoff game that ever won was against Matt, Matt McGloin and the backup
2: <laughs> yes. uh,
1: quarterback for the Raiders that one game. Yep. I mean, he's a pretty good football coach, but yeah, not a terrible GM, and that's really what I think cost him here. So, it, it, this was a huge game, and I think both teams, Vikings and Texans, came in thinking they were playoff teams. I mean, the Vikings yes. got to the divisional round with that huge win over the Saints. The, the Texans battled it out. It took down the Bills. I mean, they were both divisional round teams, and they're sitting at 0-3, so this was a big game, Paul, and I I know you were happy. You guys got it done with that Wolford late crazy catch uh, that got called off. I mean, that could have really given him an amazing fantasy day, but yeah. a great game, Paul, and a, and a huge win for the Vikings. All in all,
0: it was all right. I, I'm with you, though. I'm starting to get in that whole uh, Trevor Lawrence thing. Um, I'm just mm-hmm. just with Kirk Cousins. It was it was good. I guess the performance for him, but. It's, I don't know. He's still looking like a statue back there. He just, in the offensive lines, not helping him out any. But it was a win. It was good for him. And while Delvin Cook, he just continues to prove me wrong and not get injured yet. I am a little concerned, though, with the workload. He's getting a lot uh, of touches here the last couple of games. So I don't know if that's going to help him out or not down the stretch.
1: Yeah, and we saw quickly exit the game there on uh, yeah, one they red zone trip where they inserted Madison. Madison ended up getting the touchdown run, and then you see Cook basically came out and yes. celebrated with Madison, so it's like, oh, he's fine now. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the concern with him as we entered draft season two. We were talking about that at the number four spot. Kamara, Cook, can you, can you trust these guys? So, hey, it's always it's always in the cards for Cook, but he's been killing it. Three hundred forty-five yards, three touchdowns—the last two weeks. Ball—he's been maybe the best back in fantasy besides Kamara this year.
0: Yeah, and, and I gotta say too on the offensive side, Justin Jefferson—I I drafted him in the league. Thought after two weeks, I'm like, they—they they don't know what they're doing with this guy. They—they they not let him in the game. He wasn't even starting. He wasn't—he I mean, barely played a couple plays in the slot. And all of a sudden, week three came and mm. he blew up. And then this week it continued it. So it finally, they finally seem to find out what they're going to do with him. And he's proven to be the uh, threat that uh, is replacing Stefan Diggs this year.
1: Final. I mean, I think they started BC Johnson at yes. least the first game. Yes. What are you doing? I mean, yeah. he's he's proven that week three was no fluke. Four catches for 103 yards. That gives him 278 yards the last two games and the touchdown. Um, 16 catches on 20 targets, so you really like the catch rate so far. And I'm buying it, Paul. I mean, I like them coming into the year. And, I mean, him and Phelan are just dominating the target share. I don't know where else. They're not really consistently going anywhere else with the ball. Those are the clear guys. They have maybe the worst or definitely one of the worst, like, no offense, but beyond the number two receiver, one of the scariest (laughs) collections of receivers in the league.
0: It's them in Green Bay, basically. That's I mean, yeah, it's hand in hand, it's very similar. Yes, only Green Bay has a fourth string tight end that works out with Greg Kettle and catches four touchdowns or three touchdowns yeah. a game.
1: Like, so I mean, yeah, Tanya goes nuts. Yes. That was insane. Like I mean, it was playing the Falcons, so that yes, anything can add. All bets are off, yeah. But if you I mean, got a pulse, you, you could score, but yeah, it's just
0: amazing. They both have like the same wide receiver death, both of those teams, and and now it's finally great to see that they're using Jefferson who had the talent all along and 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 they're starting to believe him. And on the other side now with uh, Houston Deshaun Watson, though, know, he was a top pick off the board, a lot of people picking him sometimes after Mahomes went off the board in some drafts and uh you know, he's he's putting up numbers but Where do we go from here with him? Do they think they're going to open it up a little bit more with him? I know we got Romeo Cornell as the head coach, and he's just worried about the defense. So where do we go with Deshaun Watson now for the rest of the year?
1: I know the schedule is going to open up a little bit. I mean, they've had to play the Chiefs, really have an underrated defense, it seems. Uh, They certainly proved it in the postseason last year at points. Uh, They played the Steelers, And they played the Ravens uh, before the Vikings. So they have some guys. They're certainly banged up and have some youthful cornerbacks. But it's been a really tough first four weeks for Watson on the schedule. Uh, You know, 300 passing yards in this game, uh, two passing touchdowns. The main concern is the rushing upside has not been there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Averaged 480 rushing yards the last two years. He hasn't really had any rushing production except for one week against the Chiefs where he had 27 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He's pretty much done nothing rushing, uh, so that's a huge part of his game, fantasy-wise. Multiple passing touchdowns the last two weeks, so you like that. As I mentioned, the schedule opens up, but he has not been as explosive as we've thought. You know, it hasn't been since December 1st of last year that he had a three-touchdown passing game in the regular season. Of course, went nuts. In the playoffs in the wild card round, but he hasn't been great in fantasy, uh, even dating back to the late stages of last year in mm-hmm. the passing touchdown department. But he is just, he is a great player. I mean, people, I feel like it's so, and I'm definitely guilty of it myself, just the recency bias of putting somebody down in your mind in fantasy. He's still a heck of a player. I would not be surprised at all if he rallies and finishes like. Top five or six quarterback. But can't lie, it doesn't seem like the weapons are jailing so far.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's tough goal. Maybe things turn around with the coaching change, though. Sometimes it, that's the boost they need. And uh, who knows? It, it could be for them. So we're going to move ahead now to week five. And uh, who do you like at the quarterback position uh, this week, Corey?
1: Well, started off here, my guy, Jared Goff, someone I talked about his performance on the stretch of last season. It was a slug it out game against the Giants. Not not pretty. Um, one turnover for each side. Goff finished with just 200 passing yards and one touchdown. So fantasy-wise, did not like it. But yeah. in this game, the Giants dominated top possession. They had a couple really long drives that obviously didn't lead to much points. But Giants had over almost 34 minutes of possession in this game. The Rams, their offense is often built on controlling the ball. They, they're one of the highest average teams in the in the league in terms of average time possession at almost 31 and a half minutes. So this was kind of an atypical game script for the Rams and a little bit out of pattern. I think it could be a bit of an anomaly there. And playing Washington this week, they do have some studs. I mean, Chase Young, he's banged up. That's the issue. He was yeah. really good weeks one and two. Two and a half sacks just throwing people around, but yeah. held out against the Ravens last week. Not sure if he'll be back in, in terms of the pass rush. Uh, Matthew Ioannidis is on IR. Brian Anderson's dealing with an ankle injury, the former Crimson Tide standout. And, the you know, they have a really good offensive line in Los Angeles, as old as they are. They've been, you know, one of the fewest sacks allowed so far. So I think Los Angeles has time of possession. They have plenty of time to throw with Goff. Washington on the other side, one of the worst teams in time of possession, banged up and they haven't really stopped anybody. They looked really good against the Eagles but, I mean, Wentz has been in a funk. The Eagles have not been the Eagles we expected them to be. Cleveland was kind of getting their thing going early and their second highest run rate in the NFL, so the fact that they didn't let up Washington through the air, you know, it makes sense. So, you'll see Washington not as bad as you think in pass defense, but They're they're not that great against the pass right now, I don't think, frankly. And they're banged up up front. They've given up 30 points in each of the last three weeks. So I think that with his division rival, Kyler Murray, just tearing up Washington for 286 through the air, I like Goff as maybe a deep deep league option or maybe a DFS here for Week 5.
0: And you're also liking the rookie quarterback this week. It's not Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah, Justin <laughs> Herbert, I mean, it hasn't translated to wins yet, but he's been he's been lighting it up yeah. statistically, and we talk about these stats are a little bit misleading. I mean defenses have they ever been worse? I don't know. But it also the rules are severely bent to the offense. So yes. just the fact that he's lighting it up, you know, gotta take it with a grain of salt, but he does look like he belongs and he's played well with guys like Mahomes and Tom Brady standing on the other sideline, and he's not intimidated. Performed pretty well against the Bucks this past week, threw a huge pick late, but that doesn't really, I mean, slight deduction, but doesn't kill his fantasy value. Um, still threw for 290 yards and three touchdowns against Tampa Bay last week. And New Orleans themselves, they're really banged up in the secondary. They got Janoris Jenkins, missed week four with a shoulder injury, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, he also sat out last game with a hamstring, Dealing with uh, Marcus Davenport, he's out for the pass rush. So Herbert's looked good. He's lit it up in the yardage category. Not a ton of touchdown passes yet, but New Orleans is banged up, and I, I do think New Orleans wins this game pretty big. But I like Herbert in fantasy, and just moving forward, if you could pick him up still, uh, I would definitely go for it if you can because he's just the guy moving forward, and uh, it's his team now. I, I think that's just – clear moving forward they're not a playoff team but let this kid play and improve and I think he'll be a really good player and
0: another quarterback you like is a guy we, we didn't really trash him but we've been we've been disappointed and we voiced our disappointment for him earlier in the show Daniel Jones
1: you like this week as Mike Dicko once said Paul <laughs> if not now when yeah. if he doesn't do it against the Cowboys we gotta cut bait I mean I picked him he's my quarterback in a 16 team league and i he's just dead weight at this point i can't do anything with him i'm not starting him i'm i'm you know every week rolling someone in there fitzpatrick whoever i can get off the waiver wire yeah i've been swinging them in there since week 1 when i can but mike nolan's defense for the cowboys has just been so bad they're a the much better team are the cowboys but jones he should put up numbers this week or i shouldn't say should but i think he has potential to And you could get him very cheap in DFS. Mm -hmm. Jason Garrett going against his former team. How is that going to factor in? Uh, Man, he's got to have a chip on his shoulder for this game. I don't know if he's... He could be a good offensive coordinator, but it's not looking like it so far. I mean, it has not worked. But I think that there is a bit of an edge to him playing or facing his old team. And the Cowboys have been banged up in the secondary. Part of the reason they've been so bad... Wu is out with a hamstring injury. Anthony Brown himself with the ribs. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, their pick out of Alabama. He's been kind of dealing with the shoulder injuries. He came back, but he played against the Browns, but he's still allowing 113 passer rating on the year when targeted. So this has got to be the week for Danny Dines. I mean, I, I we could replay <laughs> this next week and just be like, Corey, good God. Yeah. This, he got six points. <laughs> what the hell are you thinking? But... If it's not this week, Paul, when is it going to be? Yeah. I'm starting them this week, and I'm crossing my fingers, and I think the matchup is right, and that's that's the only that's the main yes. reason. You've yeah. got to get it going this week.
0: We're going to talk about running backs now, and this guy, he's a lightning rod because he was picked uh, somewhat high, and I'm betting a lot of owners are like, why did I pick Kenyon Drake? What, what is going on? But you think it, everything's going to be all right this week because they're playing the Jets?
1: They're playing the Jets, Uh, 4.6 yards allowed to opposing running backs this season, which ranks in the bottom 12, also bottom five in touchdowns allowed on the ground. He is the main issue, Paul. He's had plenty of work on the ground. He's done nothing through the air. I mean, he's he's a good pass-catching running back, but I just think the work is going to be there on the ground where he's going to be able to have a really good outing here against the Jets. He was the fourth-best response fourth best running back in fantasy over the second half of last year i mean last year is last year but he's still over 16 carries per game and i just think we we got to roll him out here and maybe a sell high after this week if you're not convinced this could be the blow up game that gets him off your roster for a more reliable player potentially and we'll see
0: and another running back you like it because we we did not know what's going on in this backfield because we had Leonard Fournette have a big week in week two and now Ronald Jones has been uh, coming on as Fournette is dealing with injuries so we're rolling with Ronald Jones do you like him this
1: week? I think so I mean Fournette last week he was out Ronald Jones gets 20 carries gets a bunch of catches Uh, Fournette again just saw today doubtful for week five with the ankle injury we'll see if he can up that to questionable over the next day or two but Jones in line for another workhorse share and he's just a good value I mean I don't think it's going to adjust in DFS on many sites because when they're baking in Fournette's probably going to be there there's a chance Fournette's going to be there but mm-hmm. Jones has he's taken off I mean coming into week four anytime he gets 12 or more carries he averages almost 90 scrimmage yards per game and he scored a touchdown in half of those games. So when he gets chances, he goes off, or he does definitely RB2 numbers. In Chicago, despite everything they've got in that front seven, they haven't been that great against opposing running backs this year, 4.3 yards per carry, tied for the eighth worst in the league with four rushing touchdowns allowed. They're just middle of the road overall in rush defense. So I think that this is a week where Jones, in in that workhorse roll again I mean Keyshawn Vaughn's gonna get a couple touches but Mm -hmm. it's it's Jones again I think he's a good value against the Bears
0: a guy that you know when Fournette got released we're like there I don't know if we like anyone in this Jacksonville situation but this guy we might be the story of the year James Robinson the undrafted rookie free agent he has been everything consistent and you're liking the matchup this week
1: He's been unbelievable. I mean, he was kind of a borderline beginning of season, week one waiver wire pickup uh, ever, after everything happened with Armstead, yeah. going on the COVID-19 list. Robinson comes to the forefront. He, all of a sudden, he's third in offensive rookie of the year voting behind, just behind Joe Burrow. And one other guy I can't remember off the top of my head, but he is killing it, Paul. And yeah. the workload has been there. He's, he's the guy. And if there's another stat, I mean, we know how insane Kareem Hunt was. We talked about him earlier. Only two players in the past decade have had 300 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns their first three games, Robinson and Hunt. So he's in pretty elite company right now, lit up the Dolphins last week, and Houston has been just god-awful against the run this year. Weeks one through three, 188 yards per game allowed, and they just gave up 162 to Minnesota this past week. Of course, they got one of the best backs in the league. Uh, But still, they're getting destroyed in the ground so far. Fourth most most TPR points allowed the position right now. So the opportunity, the talent, awesome matchup here against the Texans. And it's green light for James Robinson here for Week 5.
0: And one more running back. You're liking Todd Gurley of the Falcons after that offense looked uh, just awful on Monday night. But you think a bounce back game here for Gurley?
1: They have got to be maybe the most depressing team in the league, man. Yeah. I mean, they are just they are tough to watch. A uh, couple of those touchdowns, just not even competitive. Guys wide open for the Packers. But Gurley's been okay. I mean, like Drake, he's done almost nothing as a pass catcher. This is insane, Paul. Gurley on the season, nine receiving yards. Nine. Yeah. So you don't like that. But oh. he's been really good on the ground. Top 15 rusher in the NFL. His four rushing touchdowns are tied for the second most in the league. And Carolina, they've been sneaky good. I mean, Matt Rule, they've had them going immediately. They're 2-2, two and two, but they've been really bad against the run. Bottom 12 in rushing defense, second most PPR points allowed to opposing backs, and seven rushing touchdowns right up Gurley's alley. Also towards the bottom of the league. So it's a really good matchup here for Gurley in the divisional rival matchup against the Panthers.
0: And to wrap it up here, let's get a little action on some of these games. Some Week 5 picks. All right, Corey, uh, what game are you looking at first?
1: If this game gets played, I do yeah. like the Bills. This is probably my favorite pick of the week. Minus one at the Titans. I mean, this is mm-hmm. almost a pick em game. And the Bills have been a buzzsaw this year. They're rolling through people. I mean, they've had a couple close games. The Rams came back on them, but... They've had two wins this season by a full touchdown. And the Titans, I mean, I don't know if it would even be fair, Paul, but as we said, they were about to come back to their facility. They've been yeah. hit or miss practicing, available to practice. So if they do play this game this upcoming Sunday, that's a huge advantage for the Bills, who are 8-2 and on the road and 7-2-1 against the spread since the start of last year when playing on the road. So I do really like the Bills here. It's their second road game in in a row, which concerns me, Paul. But mm-hmm. Allen's just lighting it up—twelve to one touchdown interception. I, I don't think it matters. The practice thing for the Titans—that's a huge disadvantage, and why I'm picking the Bills this week. I think.
0: I, I'm with you on on the Bills. If it, you know, like you said, if they do play this game, yeah, I, I like the Bills, and yeah, especially that number. Yeah, give me the Bills.
1: Yeah, and you'd even think it, it would be like a safety issue. I mean, if the Titans literally haven't practiced in a week and they put them out there for like two practices and then play, yeah, that could be that could be like a safety. We'll see what they do here. We'll yeah. see what the league has uh, planned for this game.
0: Second game, Saints and Chargers. Uh, eight uh, with the uh, Saints under. What do you think?
1: I like the Saints in this game. Now, I mentioned I like Herbert and Fantasy. Could be playing some catch-up here, but one of the craziest – Gambling stats out there In October games For New Orleans They've covered the spread 18 straight times Getting back to week 6 Of 2015 Oh that's right
2: Yes
1: (laughs) Something about I I think there's got to be Something about That's just too long Of a streak To be a coincidence I mean Peyton is an elite coach Them turning a corner They're figuring out Their team I think there's a reason Why they dominate In October Maybe a little bit random But not completely And Herbert, as we said, he's lit up the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. Why we like him fantasy, but 0-3 in the starts. Dropped the last two by a combined 12 points. So, this eight-point line, it's a little bit high for the Saints, yeah. but Herbert's throwing some clutch time interceptions here. And they're, they're, of course, without Austin Eckler, one of the biggest losses from this week. He's going to be out for, you know, four to six weeks. Uh, that's a huge loss for them. And Chris Harrison throwing James in the secondary. So, I'm liking the Saints minus eight, Paul, but I understand that's a, that's a big line. That would be my concern. It,
0: and that's my problem. And you know, streaks were made to be broken. I, I think I'm going with the charges on this one. I, I like I, it. I like I, it. I, I, I might. I just, that eight bothers me just a little bit. I, I just, I don't know why, but maybe because everyone's saying Drew Brees can't throw the deep ball anymore. I don't know.
1: We can't pick all the same game, ball. That wouldn't <laughs> yeah, be fun. So exactly. You gotta have at least one game that's Different from one another here.
0: 49ers and Dolphins, and well, this is how, I guess, the injury-riddled 49ers. They're only a three-and-a-half point favorite in this one.
1: Man, I wanted—I ah. honestly could not make a pick. I wanted to talk this one out as our last pick of the week here.
2: Yeah.
1: When I saw it, 49ers minus three-and-a-half, I was like, all over it. I want the 49ers yeah. in this game. I knew, I'm like, I know they're banged up. And then I took a look at their depth chart. I'm like damn, they are banged up. They are banged up. I know they're getting Jimmy G back mm-hmm. and Raheem Mostert coming back to practice, but in the secondary, Sherman's on IR, Emmanuel Mosley, Akella with- Witherspoon missed last week. Same with Kawan Williams. He's doubtful. So it's really a tricky game. I thought, you know, if Nick Mullins has to play, you feel pretty good about it. And that was until Sunday night against the Eagles. He, he looked pretty terrible. So... It's three and a half, Paul. Um, 49ers at home against the Dolphins, who the pick at last, everyone was, I felt like, on the Dolphins to cover at home against the Seahawks. Not to win, but to cover the six, and they did not. They did not cover. So, I don't know if I have trust issues with the Dolphins, Mm -hmm. the 49ers. I don't know what team it is. Is this a stay away, Paul, or do you feel convicted? 49ers, three and a half favorites at home against the Dolphins.
0: I, I will take the 49ers in this one because the whole dolphins you play better at home it is kind of a thing for them especially if, as long as they roll Fitz magic out there which again not much magic so far this year so um even though they're depleted a little bit uh, I'll go with the 49ers of that one
1: and we'll see about Fitz magic I mean is it two, two time? Are waiting in the wings how yeah. long is it gonna be until they roll them out there I mean it's 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 got to be close. Against the Jaguars getting that win, but it can't be too long. If they lose like two games in a row, I feel like the leash is going to be pulled on him. Yeah,
0: I'm with you with that. I was just wondering about that, too. I'm like, it's got to get – I would say by the end of the month, it might be two a time. I mean, it's just – you've got to put him in at some point, especially when you see Burrow and then Herbert doing their thing. you got to – the pressure's going to be on to put him in.
1: Absolutely. and I mean, look at those teams. The Bengals – they're not a playoff team, you would think. I mean, no. they're sitting at one, two, and one. They probably think in the building they they may be a playoff team, but I don't think many people think they're a playoff team. Chargers are so banged up, they don't look like a playoff team. They're losing some of their studs. Why not? Why not roll two out there for the Dolphins? I mean, as soon as that glimpse of hope is gone, <laughs> in terms of like they dropped a two and four or whatever, or two and five, I wouldn't even wait that long. But. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to get this guy in there and see what you have because they're losing an edge on those other teams that are in their same conference, starting with their young quarterbacks and figuring it out.
0: Well, Corey, again, thanks for joining us this week, helping us break it all down. Again, it's going to be another interesting week. Like we kept on saying, we don't know what's going on with Bills and Titans. Right now it's on. Uh, Patriots, Broncos, as of we're recording, it's on. But again, these things could change, and who knows, another situation could develop, just like last week with the Patriots. So... We always have got to keep our eye on all the news that's going on, and Corey does a good job following that. And uh, thanks again for uh, helping us out this week. Subscribe to the
1: Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Follow us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.